Welcome to Good Girls Talk About Sex. I am sex and intimacy coach Leah Carey, and this is a place to share conversations with all sorts of women about their experience of sexuality. These are unfiltered conversations between adult women talking about sex. If anything about the previous sentence offends you, turn back now. And if you're looking for a trigger warning, you're not going to get it from me. I believe that you are stronger than the trauma you have experienced. I have faith in your ability to deal with things that upset you. Sound good? Let's start the show. Hey friends, happy new year. This year is only four days old, but I hope it's treating you well so far. I had the opportunity to go to a sex party on New Year's Eve. So that was a delightful way to kick out the shit-tastic year that was 2023 and welcome in 2024. And I want to take a quick detour on that note. I was talking yesterday with a friend about the party And she was saying she didn't think she could walk into a room full of strangers, pick one and say, okay, let's bone. (laughs) I had to immediately jump in and say, that is not how this goes. (laughs) Um, But it's a misconception that I certainly would have had earlier in my life, too. I even remember once before I went on my journey of sexual healing, I was actually invited to a house party. I had never been part of anything like this before. It was so far outside my comfort zone. And I have to admit, I was really intrigued. I really wanted to go, but I was really scared because I thought, well, if I go, then I'm going to be expected, first of all, to participate. And what I would really want to do is just kind of go watch the first time to see how it all goes and to just sort of get comfortable in the space. But I assumed, did not ask, I assumed that that would not be acceptable, that in order for me to be there, I would have to be participating. I would probably have to interact with a bunch of kind of weird, creepy guys who I was not interested in and maybe giving in to activities that I didn't want. Um, I My idea of it was very much that you walk in the door, which means you're saying yes to whatever happens. And if you don't want to do whatever is happening, then it will be really awkward and I would feel ashamed and it would be super isolating. So let's clear that up. That is not at all how a properly run play party works. I've been to a few facilitated by this particular person, and they are always sort of follow the same script. It starts with an opening circle where there are some icebreakers. So you kind of get a sense of who's in the room And, you know, you can hear people speak and watch them move. And for me, that's really helpful in knowing, like, is is this a person whose energy I'm attracted to? Everyone has the opportunity to speak out loud what their hopes and limits are. So in this particular 
room, the facilitator said, you know, give us your mildest and your wildest. What is the mildest thing that you would want to have happen tonight that would leave you smiling for the next day if it happened? And then wildest, what is your like most out there fantasy? If it happened tonight, you would be absolutely ecstatic and, you know, jumping from the rafters if it happened. And so during that, people get to express what they really want, but then also like, here are my limits. There was one woman in the room who had been recently injured. And so she said, you know, I really need people to stay away from my left shoulder. And I got to tell you, after all the surgeries and upheaval of 2023, I am still really not super excited about penetrative sex. And that night, I was not even feeling the desire for any genital play, giving or receiving. I just wanted to get a lot of touch and feel surrounded by warmth and love and admiration and make out and just what I wanted was a very sensual experience as opposed to a sexual experience. So when it was my turn to speak, I told the room, tonight, I'm an above the waist girl. And there was no response to that in the best possible way. You know, there's nobody grumbling and saying, well, why is she here if it's like, it was just completely accepted. And there was not a single moment the rest of the evening when anybody pressured me or even asked me to go further than my stated boundary. I, I, I had a fantastic time making out with a couple of beautiful women. And that was exactly how far it went. And that was exactly what I had hoped for. A play party can be really fun. And a really well-run play party should be a liberating experience and a really comfortable place to be if you understand that there's no pressure and no expectation. You are not expected to participate in anything you don't want. In fact, you're not even expected to take your clothes off if you don't want to. So as long as everyone is consenting and the activities have been negotiated, you can be as wild or as mild as you wish. And that brings us right back around to the topic of today's episode, the HBO show Togetherness. In it, a married couple is struggling because they've become disconnected sexually and as they try to find their way back to each other, they both initiate sexual play that has not been negotiated and that their partner is not necessarily consenting for. I invited my friend Danielle Silverstein from the Marriage and Martinis podcast to talk with me about these two episodes because this is an experience she knows really well. If you're a longtime listener, you might remember all the way back to June of 2019 when Danielle appeared in the episode Bad Self-Esteem, But a Great Body. Check out the episode description for links to that, plus all of my appearances on the Marriage and Martinis podcast. I know many of you are already fans 
of the Marriage and Martinis podcast, because that's how a lot of you found me. But if you aren't already a listener, I highly recommend that you check them out. Uh, Quick note that Danielle's dogs were barking some during this recording. I've taken as much of that out as I can, but there are a few stray ones that I couldn't get rid of. And here's the best part. If you love this conversation with me and Danielle, there is so much more to come. We'll be talking about that later in the episode. So for now, I am so happy to welcome Danielle. Danielle. I'm so excited to have you back on this show. Welcome. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. Yeah. Last time you were here, you were doing one of the sort of long form interviews about your sex life. And it's been a while, but you and I have become better and better friends over time. And um, today, I'm very excited to have you here talking about the show Togetherness. This was a show that I discovered while I was putting together the quiz that I have on my website with all of the um, the pop culture figures. And I was looking for a show that had a mom who was just tired of momming. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and this show fit that bill yep. so well. And um, I immediately thought of you when I mm-hmm. wanted to talk about it, because I just knew it would hit the spot for you. So yes. thank you for joining me. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, So this was on HBO in 2015. There are only two seasons. It's just this beautiful, quiet little show about a married couple, her sister and his best friend. And the main couple, they've been married for, we don't know exactly how long, but I'm going to say they've probably known each other and been together for maybe 10-ish years, based on how old their kids are. Um, and they're not really having sex anymore. Mm-hmm. Neither of them is particularly happy about that, but for very different reasons. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and all of a sudden... Um, they have both the best friend and the sister living with them. The best friend got kicked out of his apartment. The sister has decided to stay in town for a while. And so now all four of them are living in the house together, which brings all this added pressure. Um, And so we're going to talk about the first two episodes. So you really don't need to know absolutely anything else because we are starting literally from episode one, scene one. (laughs) So the the show opens with Brett and Michelle. Those are the two main characters in bed. It's 622 in the morning. (laughs) And he is awake and feeling a little randy. So he leans over and um, starts like Mackin on her. <laughs> oh, dude, so early. No, Green. Sorry, I thought I had a signal. Sorry, Over I didn't mean Sorry. Sleep depriving. Okay, sorry. My bad. I'm so- I misread that. Sorry about that. It's okay. So he stops touching her, but then he decides that he's going to look at her body. And essentially objectify her body while he masturbates. And I don't say that with any judgment. I think it's absolutely fine to look mm-hmm. at your partner mm-hmm. um, in that way. But he's doing it immediately after she just said no to sexual advances. She's trying to sleep. 
And he is rocking the bed back and forth and back and forth so that she can't sleep. (laughs) (laughs) She takes her pillow and whacks him in the face. (laughs) And that is when we hear. Come on. You come on. Not cool. Shaking all around. Sorry. Come on. Take it outside. I'm scary. Take the baby monitor. She's not telling him not to masturbate. No, she's more annoyed. She's She's totally annoyed. Yeah, yeah, she's not mad or she doesn't feel, I don't think, you know, like, gross about what he's doing. No. It's it's almost like she's talking to her brother. She just wants to sleep. Yeah, yeah. So, Danielle, (laughs) as the mother of children who I'm pretty willing to bet has had a scene almost exactly like this happen at some point, tell me your thoughts. First of all, I think, yeah, she's young kids. So obviously, you know, she's exhausted. Um, I think also, you know, that that morning, that morning time, actually, Adam and I, I think maybe five years ago did an episode that's literally I titled Don't Wake Me Up for Sex. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Our kids, you know, were all in the throes of school and waking up early and like literally any second I I just always thought it was so I would you know I just always thought it was so selfish on his part Mm. when he would wake I feel very differently now but back then you know when the kids were younger I definitely felt like no (laughs) like sleep right now is my number one priority so let me ask you a question do you feel differently now because your attitude has changed or because your circumstances have changed definitely both like if you were st- if you still had young kids in the house, would you still feel like that was selfish on his part? I think maybe when the kids were younger, also I was angrier about him not helping enough. Mm. So I think also I looked at it as, um, don't you dare, <laughs> you know, not. I was the one who was probably up with the kids earlier that morning or mm-hmm. whatever. And then, you know, he, his schedule is different. So he would just, um, you know, our, our dynamics are different now. Yeah. And also, again, we have older kids, so I'm not getting up at 5 a.m. My kids don't give a shit when I get up. Like, <laughs> so it's, it's definitely different um, for sure. And I also think that, when you're in that disconnected slump like they were in um it's it's almost it makes it it, it makes it even worse mm-hmm. when you're in a state of wait a minute i don't even want to have sex with you when my teeth are brushed and i have makeup on and i'm feeling good <laughs> and i've you know what i mean and you've taken me for dinner and we're yeah connecting romantically so certainly when i am feeling gross and just waking up or whatever you know so there's that whole level of that also when you just almost don't feel human in the early in the morning you know especially as a a mom with young kids Mm -hmm. so I think all of those things and then um you know and then I think that he certainly puts this reminds me of, I think, probably a lot of husbands, but, you know, I'm going to say Adam because he's mine. But <laughs> he, he again, is – he's disrespectful in the fact that he, she wants to sleep. Basically, what he thinks she's saying is, I just don't want to have sex. Mm-hmm. What she's really saying is, I want you 
to let me sleep. You know, I'm tired. And so instead of leaving the room, which is exactly what he should have done and gone, you know, did whatever, he stays because, as you said, he's using her body as, um, you know, and, and so I think that that also magnifies the whole, you just don't get it aspect of things, especially, I think, for young moms a lot of time. You know, I don't know how all, obviously, couples are, but I think it's a pretty common thing that moms feel like you. a lot of times male partners just can't possibly understand. And and so there becomes an even, even more resentment. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. I th- throughout watching these two episodes, um, I kept thinking about him and what his self-image is versus what he's projecting out to her, to his mm-hmm. wife. I think his self-image is, I'm a really good guy. Mm-hmm. I'm a good dad. I'm a good husband. I do the things I take, like I, we go to the beach, I take care of the kids. I'm a good guy. And he is like objectively as a person, he's a good guy. But when it comes to sex, he's only thinking about his own needs. He's Mm. not for a second thinking about what she needs in order to feel seen or safe or taken care of or loved. He's only thinking about what do I need to do in order to get my needs met. And that is incredibly hard for men to hear when they have a self-image of I'm a good guy, Mm. because they think that that's in opposition to being a good guy. In fact, they're just completely separate things. Right. Right. And there's also that, you know, I remember one time when I was a teenager, I I was making out with a guy who I'd been like talking to for a while or whatever. And he wanted talking me to, do, to talking to <laughs> and he wanted me to do something that I didn't want to do. And I said no. And I remember his response was, but I've called you every day this week. Right. <laughs> and I think a little bit, you know. I think he that the whole I'm a good husband thing um, is a little bit like and I do look, I believe in chore play and all that stuff. Like, I think that, you know, when a man when a man steps up, it does make Mm -hmm. you, you know, more appreciative and therefore you want to connect more. But I also think that there's this. Look, the fact that he even says, I'm a good guy, I'm a, you know, how many times has she as a mom been like, I'm a good mom, you know? Mm -hmm. So there's that whole, like, you should appreciate me because I'm better than the others or that whole thing. So it's, it's tricky because like you said, he is a good dad. He is a good guy. But also I think the, um, you know, the the standards are lower. Yeah. Um, so, you know, so she probably feels that too. Like, okay, I don't need to hear. I, I'm exhausted. I'm taking care of them more than you are or whatever. I don't need to hear how great you are. Mm-hmm. So there's that also. But yes, he. I think it's not even on his radar um, to be thinking about sex as anything other than just 
their usual, you know, he gets the pillow. And (laughs) we'll talk about that in a few minutes. And the sister's like, what's a pillow? (laughs) Um, And they just, it's, again, it's totally monotonous. It's totally vanilla. It's, I'm sure she's bored as fuck. She's bored with her life already. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's complicated because I think he doesn't even, it's not even in his bandwidth to be thinking of she wants more excitement and I need to mix Mm -hmm. it up. And I mean, not for a second. Yeah. Which goes back to the conversation that you and I had recently on your podcast, which uh, if you haven't heard it yet, it's in my feed. Just go back an episode. Um, But you and I were talking about this in terms of how we teach our men, really our boys, Mm -hmm. how we teach our boys to think about other people and think about the needs of the women that they might be involved with and how we then don't teach them anything else as adults. All we teach them in sex ed is this is how your penis works. And it feels good when you pump, 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 ejaculate, good, go. Like, Mm -hmm, I mean, mm -hmm. maybe we don't teach them exactly that, but that's what they Mm -hmm. take away from it. Right. There's no conversation whatsoever about what the girl might actually be needing or wanting. That's right. And there's no talk whatsoever about the fact, you know, look, we don't talk about anything before marriage. I didn't know shit about being married except what I saw with my family Mm -hmm. and what Adam saw with his family. And quite honestly, I didn't want to replicate either of those things, (laughs) even though we did spend far too long trying to because that's all we knew. Mm. But I think also one of the things, I mean, there's so much we don't think about, but one of the things is that, you know, people's desires evolve and change. And again, they've been doing the same exact thing. He is a very basic, um, straight and narrow guy who, again, good guy, follows the rules, Mm -hmm. um, very in line. I'm sure she's never worried about him cheating on her or anything. But at the same time, uh, you know, they have this huge disconnect Mm -hmm. in in terms of at this stage of their marriage what they see as passionate and exciting and everything um and i don't even think he's thinking about passion like he's just yeah no i think he's thinking about getting his rocks off i mean right right so the next he is a little bit like a preteen boy he kind of is yeah he's sort of like i'm gonna make her feel comfortable but also yeah, I want to get my needs met. So in the next scene that we see them interacting, it's the baby's nap time. She has gone into the bedroom to take a nap while the baby is sleeping. She hasn't fallen asleep. So she's picked up Fifty Shades of Grey and she's masturbating to Fifty Shades of Grey. And he walks in and he is incensed. That she is masturbating instead of sleeping. <laughs> right. What the fuck's going on? Are you jerking off? Are you? Uh, Am I what? Are you whacking off? off? Whacking on this? Why you have to be so gross? Shh. Get here. You're having a fucking a f- fuck fest by yourself. What is this? I'm sorry. Sorry. Okay. I thought I thought maybe I would take a nap. I just. Because, you know, nap time is a little valuable. I would have liked to have been working out while you... Okay, I'm sorry. Why do you have clothespins on your boobs? I don't know. 
You know what? I've been depriving myself of the internet in hopes that we can make love at some Hold point. On. You are You've not been depriving yourself of the internet. The cache is always cleared. It is not. Always cleared. It's all about him and his needs and what he's waiting for and what he's doing in order to show up enough so that he can get his needs met. Well, yeah, and she's just kind of rejected him before. So, you know, so he's feeling like, wait a minute. So it's not that you're not horny. It's not that you don't want, right? you know, to get off. It's that you don't want to do it with me. Mm-hmm. So he's also, to, is that the part where she has the, um, the clothespins, the clothespins yeah. on her nipples? And like, he's like, why the fuck do you have clothespins on your nipples? Yeah. Because again, that's sort of the first taste of she wants something edgier and kinkier. Um, and I think, I mean, his mind is kind of blow, like, he's sort of like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. You know, like, what did I just walk in on? You know, but, and instead, I guess, of being like, wait a minute, let's talk about this because if you do want sex and not with me, then what's going on? And they do down the line, mm-hmm. you know, kind of talk about that. But um, his first reaction is frustration mm-hmm. and anger rather than like, whoa, wait a minute, let's figure this out. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that's accurate. I think that's an accurate depiction of a male response. Mm-hmm. And I also don't want to sound like we're male bashing because that's not the point here. This is a portrait of a full marriage. And she also has culpability in this, which is that every time he asks her a question and it happens in this scene where he says, "What, what are you? And he is upset. So like, we can take this with a grain of salt. It's hard to have an actual conversation with someone who's upset. But he's saying like, what's on your nipples? What are you doing? And she takes them off and she's just like, I don't know. Every time he asks her a question throughout this first episode about like, why aren't we having sex? What is going on? Why don't you want me? She says, I don't know, Mm. which is not true. She does know. She knows that she's bored. She doesn't have the words. She doesn't understand how to communicate that to him. But this is not a one-sided interaction where... Everything is on him. Definitely. As we talked about in the last episode, when you were on my podcast, I think probably part of her is, first of all, I don't know, we have no frame of reference for how long has she been, you know, putting clothespins on her nipples and everything. It's a new thing. And she's just experimenting and figuring it out. And she really doesn't know, Mm -hmm. you know, what this is about and why she's craving this. Uh, But also, I think that, Look, when she walked in and she was masturbating, he freaked out. Like in in her mind, she probably is like, I can't have this conversation. Like I not only do I ha- not have the tools to have this conversation, but look at his how he reacts. Yeah. And how defensive he becomes. And she's already exhausted. Mm-hmm. So you throw that and I've had Adam and I've had that conversation. And let me tell you, <laughs> I, I, my first reaction was, this is why people don't have this conversation. And again, we probably should have had you in the room or we should have, <laughs> you know, there, there were tactics that we, and we were doing it on a podcast episode. So, you know, there were things that we probably could have had in place to make it easier, but I don't think it would have been easy. You know, um, there is a, an ego factor, obviously. Oh yeah. And it is 
again, a conversation that we don't or we are never taught to have because sex ed is never a conversation. Mm. It's a lecture. (gasps) That's so beautifully said. Yes. You you know, we're talked at, Mm -hmm. not with about it. Yeah. Um, you know, except for a parent who says, you know, do you have any questions or whatever, which is also like a really hard thing for <laughs> right? to answer. Uh, yeah, but not for you, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. And so it's, it's, it's a complicated thing on many levels, you know, because when you're exhausted and you're feeling like maybe you're not getting the help you need, you're not getting to sleep enough and all that stuff. And then you're going to have to tiptoe around all of this stuff and and think about, wait a minute, I can't use these words. These are trigger words. And this is, uh, he's going to get defensive about this. And I've spoken to him, but like, mm-hmm. it it feels so overwhelming that it is sort of kind of like, uh, yeah, I'll just take some Christian Grey. Thank you. Right. Yeah. You know, and and yeah, and and he he wants you know he again he he's not a bad he's a good guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just you're what we're seeing in the show, which is what I always say in my in the episodes is no, it's not man bashing. It's society bashing because if it was man bashing, we so many of us wouldn't be feeling it. Mm. It's hmm. obviously a cyclical pattern that has been allowed to perpetuate. And like you said in our episode, it's not that they're assholes. It's that nobody's taught them. They're not even aware that there's a conversation to be had because nobody has ever clued them into it. Right. Danielle and I are so excited to be planning a three-day online workshop called Beyond Permission, Unleashing Your True Sexual Self in Midlife. It's an event designed to challenge societal expectations and personal beliefs about women at midlife, and Danielle and I are so excited about this. Too many of us, including both me and Danielle, have wasted time waiting for permission from others to live our lives the way we want to. This weekend that we're planning together is all about realizing that we can grant ourselves the permission to be the person we want to be, to wear the clothes we want to wear, to have the sex we want to have, to talk clearly about what we need in order to be happy and fulfilled, and so much more. The Beyond Permission Workshop will be held virtually Thursday, January 25th through Saturday, January 27th. We welcome you to show up in yourself the way that you want to be seen, whether that's, you know, lingerie or with your hair all done up or your hair in a rat's nest. We don't care. We want you to show up as the person who is most authentically yourself so that you can be seen in that space and we can all celebrate you. All registrants get nine hours of class time with me and Danielle, plus replays for you to listen and re-listen to at your leisure for seven days. There are also a limited number of VIP slots. Our VIPs will get extra Girl Talk After Dark sessions with me and Danielle, 
plus a special VIP box we're going to send you through the mail with all sorts of things to enhance the weekend and help keep you on the right track. And it's really fun. (laughs) We've had so much fun putting it together. Everyone will also have the opportunity to attend special a la carte sessions on more specific topics like maintaining a sex life while being a mom or dating at midlife, things like that. Plus, we'll be doing giveaways throughout the weekend of all sorts of, you know, fun, sexy things. And you'll have the opportunity to meet women from all over the world who are asking the same questions and wanting the same type of community that you do, where you can talk openly about all of these things. For our podcast listeners only, we have a $20 off coupon code that's BEYOND20. B-E-Y-O-N-D-2-0. For a few days, lay down the load of the good girl, the caretaker, everybody's mom, the people pleaser. You're going to be surrounded by people who celebrate you for showing up in your truest self. So join us at Beyond Permission, Unleashing Your True Sexual Self in Midlife, Information and registration is at beyondpermission.com. Early bird pricing is available today, and we expect the VIP slots to go fast. So get your tickets today at beyondpermission.com and use the code BEYOND20 for $20 off your registration. One more time, that's beyondpermission.com. Have I talked to you about my um, my concept of the pebbles, pebbles of resentment? Mm-mm. So this is an image that just keeps coming back to me, that over time in any relationship, no matter how copacetic and harmonious a relationship is, there's always going to be little things, little irritants that turn into resentments. And I think of those as like little pebbles. And if you know, if I'm in relationship with my partner, and let's say we're standing facing each other a few feet away from each other, imagine that every time there's one of those resentments, it gets thrown into a pile between us. Ideally, you are in a healthy enough, communicative enough relationship where periodically you can look at the pebbles on the ground and be like, we should maybe deal with those, mm-hmm. you know, and like pick one up and talk about it. But very few couples have ever been given training in how to have that kind of communication. Mm-hmm. And so what happens for so many couples is that all of those pebbles accumulate over years. And it's not just a little pile, it becomes like a mountain a between them mm-hmm. to the point that you can barely see each other or speak to each other over the pile of pebbles. You can't even walk around it. Um, and I think that that's what has happened with this couple. They are two really good people who obviously love each other, mm-hmm. who love their kids, love their family. This is not a couple who's on the verge of breaking up by any means, but they can't speak to each other because there are so many pebbles between them. Mm, That's interesting. And it's true. Yeah, it is. It it is sort of like, and then once the pile gets higher and higher, the more you're like, 
well, I can't deal with that now. There's too much. Right. And why you even know? bother? Why because even bother? it's just going to get worse. Like no matter what I say, it's going to get worse. Right. Yeah. Right. And and I think that's the whole thing is the anticipation of the exhaustion from Yes. It. You know, it's sort of like a, oh, I'll deal with that later. You know, it's sort of like a leaving the dishes in the sink at night, which I do constantly, (laughs) you know, and you're sort of like, oh, that's a problem for tomorrow. And then tomorrow comes and you're like, fuck, why didn't I just do that? Mm -hmm. You know, it's the same type of thing. It's like this. I don't, I just, I don't have the energy to deal with it right now. But then the next day comes and you're sort of like, well, I don't want to deal with it now either. Yeah. And, and again, I, you know, look, Adam and I, we look with the podcast, we've had hundreds of hours of conversations and everything. And, and still there are certain topics that I know if we're doing an episode about or something, the way I word the questions and the, um, the anticipation of we're probably going to need to take breaks Hmm. during it and kind of regroup. And, uh, it's it's a process of of um it's something that i i very much like negatively anticipate <laughs> and get worried about i'm i have so many questions <laughs> <laughs> i want to know what some of those topics are but also i'm curious to know whether he has any idea how much thought and preparation you put into those topics or if he just thinks oh yeah it's another episode um well it's all very tricky and it's uh it's something actually that we are we're currently working on actively right now so it this is sort of new but you know i think because adam has another job also um and again, there it's the same kind of thing with like the domestic labor battle, like, oh, well, I'm off at work and this and that. And, you know, uh, so I think part of him is it has always been, um, well, of course you do all the episodes and everything, you know, I'm at work. And, and again, this is something we're working on and partially true, right? Like partially he does have this other job that he has to tend to. Um, but you know, there are also times when I'm sort of like, you know, this actually would have made more sense if you had been the Mm. one in charge of, of planning this or whatever. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, something that we have to navigate just as much as we have to navigate, like, just because I'm working from home doesn't necessarily need mean I need to be the one to do the laundry, like all of these, you know, and again, the whole thing of, well, that's just how we've been conditioned and taught. So the, you know, so he, I, I, he also knows I, I love to do it. I love planning episodes. I love doing the research. I love all of that. Um, so, you know, so there's all these layers to it, but yes, I think there is this, you know, sort of magical thinking a lot of the times by partners by like, they come home and everything is just, you know, the the kid is clean and, the, you know, the, <laughs> mm-hmm. like all these things have happened and it's sort of like, ta-da, you know, rather than like, wow, that, that took, it must've taken, it took 12 steps to get to mm-hmm. that point, but that's not how it goes, you know, yeah. in, in their mind. There's something I've been thinking about recently about how 
we couldn't have sexual liberation as long as the only opportunity for us was as a housewife, because a hundred percent of our time and attention had to be, was required to be on the home, on the kids, on the husband, on the dinner, on the after dinner drink, like every bit of our energy was taken up by caring for this home and these people. But when women started being able to have their own jobs and have their own money, they had some more choices. And this is very big picture. Um, So obviously, this is not true for everybody. But if a woman has her own money, then she can decide to hire a housekeeper, or she can decide to, you know, take some other things off her plate, at which point she then has some energy to think about sex, Mm. instead of just showing up and being the object of his sexual desire and use. Right. Right. She has some agency over how much energy she reserves for sex, and how she uses it, at which point she becomes able to make a lot more and different choices, which I think is part of why, and I like going off into other realms here, but I think that's part of why it is so threatening for, you know, the far right and churches, you know, evangelical churches to see women in the workplace, because Mm. it means that they're going to have more agency, which means they're not going to be, you know, at our beck and call and they're going to have more sexual agency as well. Mm, right. Right. Which is really not okay. Right. For a certain subset of men. <laughs> right. Well, it was like in that epi- in the episode Awakening the Sex Talk Demons that Adam and I did where we had this explosive conversation about sex. And, you know, one of the things, maybe it wasn't that, I don't remember which, never mind. I have no <laughs> idea which episode. <laughs> but, you know, there was this uptick is even the wrong word. When women were able to get their own credit card, divorce rates skyrocketed. Yeah. You know, and it was 1974. Mm -hmm. It wasn't even not that long ago. Unfortunately, so much power is wrapped up in finances and, you know, being able to control your own destiny. And so I think there's this certain tie of when you're feeling like you're the housekeeper and you're the this and you're the that and like then also it's sort of like there's going to be resentment Mm -hmm. and I think it's really really hard to be attracted to someone who you resent oh my god resentment is a relationship killer yeah but yet I think especially when kids are young going back to that again I'm not speaking for all couples but look I get lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of messages for women (laughs) when I do these episodes, right? You get the one of you're a bitch and then you get the, you know, 1700 of the holy shit. Yes. Thank you for saying the thing that no one else is saying. Exactly. And, and, you know, it's that when kids are young, you're feeling, yes, I'm home. And, you know, we're supposed to be so grateful to be home and with the kids and, oh my God, you're so lucky and this and that. And and a little bit, it's a mind fuck because you are lucky, you know, mm-hmm. to be home with your kids and having that time and everything. But it is also a, wait a minute, 
when did this become my entire existence? Yeah. And all of a sudden, I'm supposed to feel like this free woman who wants to just get wild with her husband and everything. And I have been like robotic all day. Mm -hmm. So there's all of, I mean, there's so much complication, right? There's just, there's so much. She needs to feel a certain way and she wants to feel sexy and free and all this stuff. But also, um, you know, I think she does have some resentment towards him. Oh, yeah. So it's it's hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's one really important moment at the end of episode one where um, the four adults have been out. They've had a bunch to drink and they get home at the end of the evening and Brett is putting Michelle to bed laying her down, taking her shoes off, you know, just being really sweet, getting her a glass of water. And she says, Oh, you're such a good husband. Yeah. Why don't you want to have sex with me anymore? I don't know. It's such a poignant moment because I think that is true in so many relationships where the mismatch is so profound that the goodness of one person does not equal, I want to have sex with you. Mm. But for the other person, it's like, but but I'm doing all the things. Mm. Why don't you want me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think she's also looking for an escape. Mm-hmm. You know, and so even like the Dom, the whole, I, well, I guess I, I don't know if I should go into that yet, but you know, she shows in the second, I guess it's the second, second episode, episode. Yeah. She, you know, she definitely shows a desire to take on a dominant role in the bedroom and a little bit, you know, part of that, I think probably is just because she's interested in it and it's a kink and she wants to do it, but also because a little bit, you know, she's playing the submissive all day yes. and she is in that role of, you know, she's getting the kids their snacks and she's getting the, she's, you know, she, all day long, she is in charge, but in a more uh, menial way, mm, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it, is she wants to be the one who's in charge and the good husband thing also i'm sure what she wants and appreciates but also um is part of what i guess she's resenting about him because she knows he maybe can't fulfill that side of her yeah yeah. yeah, this is such a good example of something that I end up talking about a lot. And I think we've talked about it on your show before, which is um, the mom, especially of younger kids, but mom of any age kids, who's like, I just really, I can't stand it when he asks me for sex. I just don't want him to ever touch me again. Mm. And the question that I ask in response is, is it true that you never want him to touch you again? And to a person, the answer is no. In fact, I want him to touch me more. I just need him to touch me differently. Right. And I think that's exactly what's going on with Michelle here. She does not want the the grabby grabby, you know, she says in the second episode, every day I wake up, I know what the day is going to be like. Brent and I have sex. I know what the sex is going to be like. Really? 
yeah, it's kissing, neck kissing, boob grab, genital touching, get the pillow. And then get the said, pillow? Yeah, I just said, I said that. Get the pillow. I feel bad. I feel like I'm betraying a confidence. I'm just your sister. What is get the pillow? Okay, I need he, to know what get the he, pillow is. When he is ready to, to come? No, to, to put his dick inside me. Uh-huh. He's like, let me get the pillow. I'll get you the pillow. Like, and every time I'm like, oh, okay. That is rough. It's to put under my head so that my head isn't banging around. I want my fucking head to bang I around. You're like, I want my fucking head to bang. Fucking knock me out, please. She wants to have sex with him. Mm-hmm. But it needs to be a different kind of sex because right now the sex is entirely for him mm. and pretty much 0% for her. Right. Right. And again, there's that whole um, – this is a tricky one because he is such a good guy and everything. He probably was always a very respectful – very mm-hmm. respectful around girls and everything, which is what you want, right? Mm-hmm. You want a teenage boy or a – you know a college kid to be respectful by all means. But I think also that because he probably, you know, as most guys aren't, was never taught more than just, okay, we want to get from point A to point B guys, you know, that there's this whole world out there that has never been opened up to him. And I'm a good guy, Mm -hmm. you know, so I, I'm not, I don't want to, you know, hurt your nipples. I don't want to right. slap you. I don't want to. So there's that whole thing too of, I don't want to hurt you, mm-hmm. you know? So the scene, do you want to set it up or do you want me to? No, go ahead. She's, she, he's coming home. She's bought this outfit and everything. And he comes home and she's sort of like, okay, he wants to have sex. We're, I'm going to try to have it the way I want to have it, right? So she's she is putting the effort forth because she wants it to end in some kind of sexual activity. I made you a drink. Where is everybody? They're gone. And we are going to try something different. Well, okay. This is a nice surprise. Um... Have you had dinner yet? No. Good, because we're not I am going starving, to. So. We're not going to talk about food. Just like grab like a sandwich or something no, real quick. And... No talking. Like a snack. No more talking. Right now, you're going to take a sip of that drink, and you're going to go straight to the bedroom. I don't know what's happening right now. I feel like if you could just include me. Do you want me to make you? Do I? I'll make you. You're going to. Just go. Just go. Okay. Go. He's so fucking like, what's the word? Dense, clueless. Right, <laughs> clueless. And, you know, she's in this set and she looks fucking awesome, yeah. first of all. <laughs> Hell, like God. And, and he's sort of like, oh, where are you going? You know, she's all dressed up, which is, of course, like, that's not what you would want. You're right. Yeah. What she wants is for him to walk in and be like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and he's sort of like, oh, where are you going? You know, it's like, first. He, you know, failed that test. <laughs> and then and then she gets into this, like, go upstairs. You know, she's getting into her sort of dom role. One of the things that I love so much about that scene that you don't get in other shows and movies very much is 
the awkwardness of it all. Okay, now you can get undressed. Now I can take it. Okay. Get naked. Go on. Don't mind if I do. And I'm like going it. to take my clothes off, and I might even help you out. Just what? No. Are, no. Are you not? You don't get to touch me. Take your pants off. Are, are you not getting pants undressed? Off. I'm happy to take my pants You're off. You're not going to know what I'm going to do. Oh. I can't tell if this is. Okay. All right. Go on. Are you going to get naked at some point? You can stop asking me questions and okay. do what I told you. Okay. All right. Um, but you left something on. Right. Didn't I tell you to take everything off? Are we going to, like, kiss or something? Take or is your there... underpants off. Take them off. It is awkward. And there's not, you know, we all we usually see is they're experts and somehow they just know what to do right. you know like the red room and <laughs> oh he's never whipped her and like she's ended up in the hospital or yeah you know what I mean like the whole the reality of this is real life and a real life situation and it is awkward mm -hmm. to experiment with those things yeah I so I love her so much for doing this. So she in the morning she's had a conversation with her sister where she's like, I just I'm I'm going crazy. Like I know everything that's gonna happen. And her sister says, Well, what are your fantasies? And she's like, I just I want I want to throw him up against the wall. I want him to pin me down. I want to pin mm -hmm. him down. I just want to punch him in the face. <laughs> she's like, I just wanna like shake him out of it. And I love her so much for taking the step to do the thing, to play out the fantasy. But she misses one really important step, which is getting his buy-in. He has no idea what's going on. And right. you would hope that he would catch up more quickly than he does. Mm -hmm. But... She has not given him any preparation. She has no idea what his limits are so that he's like they're midway into this thing. And she's like, get down on all fours. And he's like, I I, I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> and then she says, just do it. And he says, can we turn the heat up? And she's like, just stop asking questions. He's like, no, I'm not in character. Could we turn the heat up? <laughs> And then he turns her and she says, stop asking like she and there are a couple times where she breaks and she's like, would you please just do the thing with me? Right, 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 right. Like, and then yeah. she goes back into the persona and then he fully breaks because he's got his ass up in the air and he turns around and he says, you're not going to put anything in there, are you? <laughs> <laughs> Which is a brilliant line, but mm -hmm. also like as somebody who's going into a sexual situation, it is very hard to relax if you don't know what the hell is about to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't fault him for not being able to relax into the situation when he's like, right. this is a woman I have never met. I don't know right. what's going on here. Right, right. Meanwhile, she's got all of this pressure on this evening because like you said, like, Test number one, he failed that. Test mm -hmm. number two, he failed. Like, there's so much pressure. She needs him to respond in exactly the way that the script in her head is in order for this to feel successful. And time after time, he doesn't. Right. And and again, let's let's think about where she's just gotten her information about this Fifty Shades. Right. Everything goes perfectly. 
we have so don't have any tools to have that whole. So tonight when you come home, mm-hmm. here's what's going to happen. And, you know, and that is almost more awkward than the, <laughs> I'm just going to do it and, you know, let it rip and see what yeah. happens. Yeah. So the way to have that conversation that is actually useful <laughs> is not um, at the moment that you're trying to do it. It's also not earlier in the day on the phone. It's two weeks beforehand while the two of you are cuddling on the couch watching TV or Ah, having brunch together or taking a walk and saying, hey, I want to try something new. Do you want to try this with me? And having the conversation when there is there's no pressure on it. Right. Um, I actually have a, a download on my website um, that is exactly about presenting this conversation, mm. going through it and and looking at, okay, so you get up the courage to say, I want to do this thing. And you're going to get one of three responses. You're going to get a hell fucking yes, or a hell fucking no, or a huh. And like, how are you going to handle any one of those responses? Because it's not just making the first approach. It's also navigating the conversation that comes after that. Right. And then actually having a conversation about the thing that you want to do. It doesn't have to be that scary. But again, we have never been given any tools. I will put that download link in the show notes. It is called Forbidden Fantasies Unleashed. Oh, I love it. (laughs) And it takes you through it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It takes you through the whole life cycle from the initial conversation, I want to do this thing, through all the potential responses, into the conversation about what the thing is that you want to do and negotiating it. And then also the aftermath and doing a conversation afterward to say, how did that go? Did we enjoy it? What do we want to do differently next time? All right. So Danielle, I want to thank you for having this conversation and everybody who's listening. If you would like to hear more of Danielle and I, we are later this month going to be hosting a three-day virtual online weekend called Beyond Permission that is so excited. Oh, so excited. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is all about helping you to look at where you are today sexually, where you want to go, and what some of the steps might be to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so yep. exciting. So excited. (laughs) All these kinds of conversations and the realness and the fun. And it's just going to be like a big girl party. Yeah. You keep putting up things. Mm -hmm. I I need to... I need to repost some of these because you keep putting things up about like, I want to have a girl gang. And so this is going to be my girl gang. I'm like, yes, 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 that's (laughs) That's what this is. My dream come true. (laughs) (laughs) So all of that information is at beyondpermission.com. And for podcast listeners, we have a special $20 discount. So you can get that by using the coupon code beyond 20. And I really hope that you'll join us because it is going to be a fucking fantastic, amazing weekend. It sure is. And we I feel like there's not many opportunities to do stuff like this, you yeah. know? And I think the beginning of the year after the holidays and stuff, it's going to be the end of January. We need some 
we need some time where we're not just like buying gifts and planning <laughs> parties and yeah. we need to just sit and reflect and be part of something super uh, exciting. And yeah. I think that's what this is going to be. And you can do it from home in your PJs or no pants at all, if that's your preference. Perfect. Yeah, just keep <laughs> the camera from the waist. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Zoom has no nudity rules. So, right. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Danielle, thank, thank you, you so much. I love you. Thank you. I love you.